welcome to the podcast. Pilates for PTs, from business to clinical. Hi, y'all. My name is Stephen Dunn. I co-own Core Therapy and Pilates in Austin, Texas, and I'm the founder of Pilates for PTs. I've been a physical therapist for over 20 years, and I've been teaching Pilates and gyrotonic in my physical therapy practice for the last 15 years. In this podcast, I interview experts from all over the world so that you can learn more on how to grow your business or how to improve your clinical skills as a Pilates instructor in the physical therapy world. Thanks for listening. Okay, welcome, welcome to the podcast today. We have a very special um, sponsor today, and our sponsor for today's podcast is InVibe Life. InVibe Life is your go-to wellness resource for a healthy mind, body, and spirit. It's my first. It's my first stop for all wellness articles and podcasts. Check them out at InVibe Life. That's E-N-V-I-B-E Life.com. Get in vibe, be in vibe, live in vibe. So that's our sponsor. And I'll give you all a little hint. That is my wife and her friend Amy's new website. And it is something that they have just started and are doing some really cool stuff with. So that's our sponsor today. And with that said, I want to oh welcome gosh. my buddy Alex Engar to the podcast today. And I'm going to tell a brief little story about Alex and we're going to have him tell his story. And Alex and I met, I'm going to guess, about three years ago online, where I ended up purchasing one of his very, very, very first online courses, a Facebook ads course for physical therapists. I think it was called something like that. And I don't think it was the beta course, but I think it was the second course you had offered it from there. Okay. And I took your course, and that led me to understand a tremendous amount of things that I had never thought about. And that led me to end up in uh, studying with Greg Todd. So I studied with y'all before I actually joined Greg Todd's circle. And that was my introduction to y'all. And I don't even know how I found y'all or how I ended up purchasing that thing. I don't even remember. But it was something that was like, and it was very inexpensive at the time. Y'all were very yeah. new to it. And it was just my first in- introduction to really get to know Alex and Will, who I've already had on my podcast, but I really got to dive into what they were teaching. And that was my first introduction. And then we got to meet in person at uh, Memorial Day of 2019, back when the world was a lot more normal. And meeting in person, we got to put some ideas together and actually it's such an interesting world when you know these people virtually and then you get to meet them in person. It's so fantastic. But with that said, I want to introduce Alex. Alex, thank you for coming on. How are you today, my friend? Man, I'm doing amazing. It's so good to be on here. We tried this in full transparency. We tried this last week and I didn't have internet. We had a crazy windstorm here in Utah. I'm just north of Salt Lake City. We had like the the windstorm of a of a lifetime. And it knocked out internet for like five or six days. And so we tried this last week and it didn't work. And I survived not having internet uh, because I paid a ton of money to my cell phone provider to have hotspot access. And here we are. So, man, I'm doing amazing today, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, man. I'm excited to chat with you. Now, let me ask you a quick question. I, um, I, I love to start this podcast with my physical therapist on is how did you become interested in physical therapy? What was the path, the journey that led you down that road to be a physical therapist? 
Yeah. So back when I was about 14, I started having all these back issues, like standard story, right? Hey, I was a young kid, had issues, had to go to PT. Uh, physical therapy actually helped me get my back, like I, I won't say completely under control, but it gave me a, the, all the tools to be able to take care of my back uh, without having to rely on surgery or get injections or pills or any of that crap. So I really appreciated that they, that like I had a really good PT. I really appreciated the fact that I was able to kind of control my own life, if you will. And that has actually been a theme that, that keeps popping up. So after that, I, funny story, after PT, my mom actually said, you know what, you make a great physical therapist. And she, she pushed that line for probably, I don't know, the next six years, like, oh, you make a great physical therapist. And simply because it was my mom and I was a teenager, I dug my heels and like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then one day I was sitting at home. It was a Sunday afternoon. I remember uh, it was a really sunny day, really nice outside. And I sat down with my computer and I was journaling what I wanted to do with my life. I think I was probably 21 years old. Uh, I had spent two years as a missionary out of the country and was coming back into like, okay, what am I going to do with my life now? And I remember sitting down and thinking, asking myself the question, what's the most important thing that I could do with my life? And at first I was going to be a weatherman. I was going the whole meteorology route. I love weather, love understanding it. So this windstorm actually last week, that was kind of an exciting event. Um, no, other, than the, nerd. other than the destruction. Uh, but I, I thought I was going to be a weatherman. And then as I was asking myself that question, what what's the best use of my life? I realized, you know, there's probably a little bit more to me telling to my life than just telling people what the weather's going to be. And Alexa can do that now for us anyway. So I let that, I let that go. And as I started thinking about it, I was like, you know, I really love understanding complex things and what's more complex than the human brain. And so I thought that I would actually be a neurosurgeon. That was that day I decided I'm going to be in school forever and I'm going to become a neurosurgeon. So I, I went down that path until senior year of school uh, of, of college which I took six years to graduate because I, I shifted things around so many times. Ended up graduating with uh, a major in biology, minor in meteorology, Spanish, and chemistry because I had, I, I had shifted focuses so much. And about, I don't know, about a year before I graduated, we found out that uh, my wife and I were pregnant with our first daughter. And that same weekend, I sat down with a friend and he was in med school and I was talking about my aspirations for it. I had taken the MCAT twice. I was about ready to apply for med school. And he said, Alex, why in the world would you dedicate your life to something 80 hours a week for the next 10 years? Excuse me, if you're not really passionate about it. And as we got into talking about it, I realized I wasn't passionate about becoming a physician. I was passionate about helping people. I was passionate about understanding complex things and making them simple for people, but I wasn't passionate about becoming a physician. So that made me shift into, oh crap, what do I do now? I'm about ready to graduate. I had all these credits and uh, this desire to become a medical provider. And so I became, I decided it was like a 15 minute decision, Googling one morning, what, what, uh, <laughs> what careers have the same undergrad requirements as med school and PT popped up and I was like, okay, I had been a PT or I had been to PT, I kind of like that. And it, I'm not completely throwing my life away with everything I've already done. So I'll, I'll be a PT. And that's how I got into physical therapy. I love it. And and what you said, I Googled it. I'm, I chuckled at that because like I got out of PT school before I had a computer or something. <laughs> so like, 
it just made me laugh because like I had no influence from the internet at all with any decision I made about about my career path. So I know I know I'm older than you, but man, that made me feel real old. Oh, sorry about that, Steve. Which is fine. It's all good. But uh, I'm gonna tell you a quick story about that from from my perspective. It's very it's kind of similar. It took me five years to get through my undergrad because I switched around a couple times as well. And my intention was to go to med school, but my brother was in med school ahead of me. And mm. he was four years older than me. And, and, and you, you've, you've met my brother online as well. And yeah. so my, I, um, I'm, I'm watching him. I'm seeing this process he's going through. And this, the, the, the final kicker for me was I was at his house. He was in New Orleans. I was uh, about an hour out of New Orleans and when he was in med school and I was in college. So I'd spend many weekends down at his place. And one, one weekend I was there and I was asking him about school. How's it going? What's it like? And on his desk, he had a stack of papers that were this thick and it was all printed out, like printed out notes. And I was like, wow, what is that for? He goes, oh, that's for this week's test. I said, how much information is that? Like, is that for like the whole semester? He goes, no, that's for the last, that's for the last two weeks of information. And I'm sitting there going, I couldn't even read that in in two weeks, much less learn it or know it. And so that was the straw for me that said, you know what? I don't want to memorize a bunch of crap that I don't really think is going to be applicable to what I'm going to be doing every day, which I then went to PT school and memorized a bunch of crap that did not become applicable to what I did every day, but it was a totally <laughs> different level of that. But that was, that was my story. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not going. And I had no idea what to do, but I kept studying pre-med by, I had a biology and a, and a minor in chemistry. And I kept studying that route because I figured if I, if I have the credentials to get in med school, I can get into any school. Like, you know, whether it's, you know, I, I was thinking pharmacy, vet, you know, all these other things. And, and I just kind of kept checking them off. Nope, 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 nope. And I didn't know anything about physical therapy. I never had it as a, as a child. I'd never experienced it, but I was an umpire. I was umpire for baseball mm-hmm. for many years, about a dozen years, um, all the way from about 12 years old through PT school. And one of the coach's wife was a PT and I just randomly one day saw her. She ran on the field to assess a kid that got hurt. I'm like, what is she doing? Who is she? Why, why, why are we stopping the game for this woman to come out here and do this? And I asked the coach at the game, I was like, what's your wife? Who's your wife? What does she do? And he goes, Oh, she's a physical therapist. She works with sports injuries and people with pain and blah, blah, blah. And it just like clicked. I'm like, that sounds kind of cool. And he introduced me to her and I said, Hey, can I come, um, can I come do a little observation work with you? And I didn't even know that was required. And she goes, well, it's something that you got to do to get into PT school, come to my office and you can start work uh, observing. And I observed for about a month and then they hired me at five bucks an hour and I was making five bucks to be a technician. And that was my story to get into it. And I was about year four out of five of my school before I finally made that decision too. So we have some similarities with that. And again, that's what I love about this podcast is because I know what I know about you. You know what you know about me, but we get to go into such greater depth when we actually talk about what moved us to make decisions that have affected our whole life. So with that said, the next question for you, my man, is what then led as you finished physical therapy school what led for you to not become a physical therapist? <laughs> so for those who don't know, I am not a practicing physical therapist. In fact, I have not 
put my hands on a patient. I haven't done an actual patient eval as a licensed physical therapist. And that comes as a, a pretty big shock to a lot of people, especially after looking at how much school it takes to get to that point. But I'm not a practicing therapist. And since I've been licensed, I haven't practiced. And so with that frame, uh, it, it's actually something that started when I was way younger, even before I dreamed of being a neurosurgeon. When I was, uh, I think I was six years old, I remember this one day when I begged my mom, we went to an office supply store and I saw this really, really cool pencil sharpener. I promise this is relevant, but I saw this really cool pencil sharpener. I'm like, please let me buy this thing. And I, I don't even remember the context around why I decided to do what I did next, but she said yes. And I can't remember if she had said that I needed to, to pay her back for it or what, but I decided to take this cool pencil sharpener and start sharpening every pencil in the house. And what ensued was I realized that I could make a business out of this. And I have no clue. I, I still, I really need to figure out how this happened. But I realized I could start charging my family to sharpen their pencils. We all had these, like, we all had our little stashes of pencils hidden around the house. And so I decided to start charging five cents a pencil to sharpen their pencils every Saturday morning. And I called it AJ's Perfect Pencils. I went by AJ at the time. And that was my first little inkling of, hey, I could do something a little bit different and have kind of, I, I could have fun with it, right? And I could make a little bit of money. And so that became really important to me. I was always very, I had this little bank growing up and it was always really important to me to track what I made. And, and I set it aside into different, like, okay, I had my savings fund, I had my free spend fund, and I had my tithing fund. And I remember really liking to divide things up there and have ways to make money from the time I was little. Fast forward about, 10 years or so, maybe not quite 10 years, six years or so. I was about 12 years old. And one day we had a popcorn machine that we, uh, that we had. And or it wasn't a popcorn machine yet. We went to a theater supply store and bought a giant bag of popcorn. I don't know if you've ever seen those like huge, like 20 gallon bags of popcorn that you can buy. We bought one of those and then quickly realized it was probably going to be impossible to eat it all before it went rotten. So I started offering some to my friends and then they told other neighbor kids that we had all this popcorn. And I was like, well, that's, then my mom got upset. She was like, well, don't give it all away. And I was like, well, what if I sell it? And she said, okay, sure, sell it. So I started selling popcorn. The next day, all these kids were coming back for more popcorn. I was like, well, I, I've got uh, I've got a snow cone machine. What if I sold you guys some snow cones? And this turned into this whole candy snow cone drink business where I learned that if I marketed things correctly, if I had the pricing set right, I could actually make a lot of money by going to Costco, buying stuff in bulk and reselling it from my house. And that created a business that I ran for two to three years every summer. It was called Al's Sugar Shack. <laughs> and I, I ran Al's Sugar Shack. I'd go outside the schools uh, just on the sidewalk and I'd set up with my uh, I set up with this cooler and a little sign and I'd get people coming by. Right, got, I learned about traffic and how to get traffic past an offer. And then when sales were slow, I'd go outside and start playing basketball. Kids would come play basketball with me. They'd get thirsty. And what would they do? They'd, they'd want to buy a drink. And then they'd want to buy Hershey's cookies and cream. And that's all she wrote. So from a young age, I had had these businesses where I started learning the principles of getting in front of people, finding out what they want, being able to package it in a way that they want and sell it to them. I didn't have any clue at the time that that's what I was doing. But I just had these fun little different ways of making money. So I always had these little businesses growing up. Fast forward now to PT school, and I started realizing I'm going to be very unfulfilled in a standard career path. And I don't know about you, Stephen, like when you decided to become a business owner, 
But I decided year one of PT schools, I was sitting over these cadavers talking with my friends about what they really wanted for their lives. You know, where there's that like nasty cadaver stench when you're in the lab and you have to sit there for four hours over, uh, over cadaver with four other people, you get to some pretty deep life questions. And I started realizing I had pretty different aspirations than a lot of my peers in terms of what I wanted for my career and what I wanted for my life. And year one of PT school, I decided I'm going to do things differently and I'm, I'm going to be a physical therapist, but I don't feel like all the other physical therapists. And that led me to start looking online again. Thank you, Google, uh, to, for different ways of using my skill set. And I stumbled across a guy named Pat Flynn. I don't know if you've ever heard of Pat Flynn, the Smart Passive Income podcast. I think he actually is in Austin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I stumbled across his stuff and another guy's named Ramit Sethi, who had a website called I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And I started diving into all these things and realizing, holy cow, I could take the expertise that I've already got. I could package it and I could sell it online as a course. And that started the wheels spinning for me of, hey, I could I could do something with all these skills in a way that's different while allowing me to kind of run my own show, have some control over what I'm doing, but also really help people in a way that uh, that I felt like would be really fulfilling. And so I, I bought a course. It's the first course I ever bought and spun my wheels for the next three years trying to figure out how to how to start a business from scratch. I had a podcast that I started up. I had a blog that I started up. It was a financial blog. I I never published any of the articles. I wrote multiple articles, never published anything. And that led me to uh, to meeting some really cool people like Greg Todd, like Will Boyd. And it flourished into this seed of a business that we now run. But that was kind of the genesis of it all was from a young age, I just knew I wanted something different for my life. I could see that there are different ways of approaching life and business and careers. And, and I followed that. I love it. And, and so it was a long history. It was not just this sudden decision of like, all right, I'm done with this PT world. You were in the entrepreneurial lane forever. And what does physical therapy do? It teaches you to not think that way. It teaches you the exact opposite. So you were being taught in a system that was challenging everything that you stood for that you had found in yourself from the time you were six or five or six years old. The funny thing is I didn't realize any of that at the time, right? Like I, I just felt this dissonance of where I was going down a standard career path within physical therapy and what I felt I really wanted for my life. And that inner dissonance, I know that you've probably felt it too, since you're a business owner, you felt that dissonance of like, man, the time that I'm spending in the clinic and what I really want for my life long-term, these things just don't jive with the way that I'm living now versus what I feel like could be. And that dissonance caused me to ask different questions about my life. And those questions caused me to start looking for different answers. And those different answers have led me down the path that I'm at right now, which I absolutely love. Man, I'm sitting here talking to you from my home office where I work full-time in my business. I get to take my kids to school. We homeschool, but we go to school one day a week. I get to take my daughter to that. I can take my kids to dance classes if I want to. Uh, we brought my wife home from work because the business you know, works so well. And all of these things now that are leading to a very fulfilling life that I could have absolutely had as well, I think in physical therapy, it just would have looked a lot different. And I think personally, I wouldn't have been fulfilled uh, going down a path that I didn't feel like was what was ultimately calling me. I say kudos to you for doing what felt right and not doing what people expected you to do. Cause I'm sure you got a lot of flack from family, friends. What the hell are you doing? Getting a doctorate and not doing it. So like kudos to you for again, doing what your heart 
what was in your heart instead of what others expected from you. Um, I want to go back a little bit to your story. You, you mentioned a couple things, um, your early entrepreneurial kind of ideas. Um, I had some similar things myself. I was in about no way. eighth grade where I would go buy a bag of blow pops, uh, a whole bag, and I'd go sell them for a quarter a piece, right? And so I'd buy a bag for like two bucks and sell them for a quarter, and there'd be like 10, 15 of them in there. So, you know, I don't remember how, I don't remember exactly those numbers, but, you know, if I paid two bucks, I'd get five bucks. I'd go buy two bags and, you know, I just kept that process going. And, and that's actually how I learned about drugs because I got, I went to the, uh, I got sent to the uh, <laughs> principal's office and they told me, you can't sell blow pops here at school. And I said, why not? And they said, well, if we allow you to sell blow pops at school, then we don't have to allow the kids to sell drugs at school. And I'm like, Right. <laughs> that was my little first like ever exposure to the oh, mind blowing thinking back on it. But anyway, so that, so they cut it, the school cut it off pretty quick and they didn't let me continue it. Well, fast forward a little bit. I'm in college and I had two, two things I'm going to tell you from, from college. One is that I worked at fireworks stands every Christmas yes. and every 4th of July and work, working at a fireworks stand. Like I didn't get paid per hour. I got paid at the end of the two weeks, depending on a percentage of what we sold. So I might work my butt off. And I'm talking, I, I slept there in an RV type of thing overnight. So, you know, some nights I would just sleep there and not work. And some days I'd work all day and not sleep there. But I put in a lot of hours. And I did this about 10 times over the year, over these, those years. And sometimes I'd make $500 and sometimes I'd make $5,000. It all depended. Did it rain? Was it cold? Mm. Was the weather good? And that's where I learned that I put in the same amount of time and there were things that were out of my control that would affect my ability to make, make the money that I wanted to. And some things were in my control, meaning if I sold this person that came in, if I upsold them, which I didn't know what that meant at the time, but if I said, yeah, yeah, you, if you buy five of these, you get five free and then you get this and this for 50% off. It was marketing and sales at a time that I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew if I got that guy to buy $100 worth of stuff, it was going to be more in my pocket than if he only bought $50 of stuff, right? Right. So that was a fantastic lesson in life. Um, and it was actually fun because it was me and a bunch of friends that worked there together. My friend was the boss of it, and then he had to go find the crew to work it. Yeah. He got paid the percentage, and then he paid us all out of that. And, uh, and so that was a really interesting thing. And, and I could typically make, not every year, but typically make enough money to pay my tuition for college, wow. my rent, because I, I lived in a fraternity house and things were cheap then. It was, I paid $550 to live in a fraternity house for the whole <laughs> And then I paid for my meal plan and from working at the fireworks stand. And, and then I was able to go to college without working during college. So that was and I say that, but I did have one little job in college that I'm going to now tell you about. I lived in a fraternity house with a bunch of knuckleheads and Thursday night was the party night. And I typically had an eight o'clock organic chemistry on Friday or comparative anatomy. I, I never had, I went out some on Thursday night, but I never had the, I always had something big at eight o'clock the next day. And so I tend to spend my Thursday studying, whereas a lot of my friends spent their time out having fun. And I knew at two o'clock in the morning that there was going to be about 30 people going to show up at the fraternity house because the bar was right around the corner and everyone would walk there. And so I decided they're going to wake my butt up anyway. 
I'm going to be in bed at about one and they're going to wake me up at two. So instead of going to bed, I drove to Taco Bell and I got in line at Taco Bell at one thirty, and I bought however much money I could come up with in tacos, whether it was $50 or a hundred dollars. And I bought tacos, 59 cents, 69 cents. I don't know what they were back then. And I bought literally as much money as I could scrounge up. And sometimes <laughs> I would borrow money from people, not knowing what I was borrowing money for. And I'd go buy tacos. And then when everyone showed up at the fraternity house, I'm sober. They're drunk. I sold the tacos that I just paid 59 to 59 cents for for $5 a piece. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I was the first Uber Eats. And I was – Yeah. Uber. I was saved. And the way I propositioned, sold it to them was they're like, I ain't paying $5 for that. I'm like, well, go get in your car and go get a DWI and pay $10,000 for your DWI. And they're like, oh, okay, here's five. How about I'll take four. Here's 20 bucks. And so that was my, my game that taught me, huh, you solve problems for people. You can really do some fun. So then I would have spending money for the weekend from what I just did on a Thursday night. And that was the most fun thing. And then I went to PT school and I learned to not be creative at all with those kind of things. And, and I basically got all the business savvy sucked out of me. And, and, you, and then you mentioned when was the time there was a time for me to kind of want to become a business owner. For me, I'd worked for 10 weeks right in 98, right when I graduated as a traveler. And then the Medicare cap hit and I lost my job and it took me about eight months to find a job. Wow. That was painful sitting at home going, damn, I just spent a lot of time to be a PT and I actually can't find a job to do it. So I moved to LA and I work at a job seeing three patients an hour for two years. And in that process, I hated it. I hated every bit of it. And then I went to Europe and I spent a month in Europe traveling and that traveling in Europe, I realized that people in Europe, they don't work like people in, Amer- in America do. I realized that they took long breaks. I realized that two weeks vacation was a joke to the Europeans. And so spending a whole month, and I was getting paid because I'd saved up my time off for this time. Having paid time off in Europe and kind of, I had no plan either. I, sh- I had a flight in and out of Paris and I had two hotel rooms for the first two nights in Paris. And from there, it was like, Wherever we ended up, we ended up. And that learning experience was fantastic. And I got back to the States and I, sw- and I gave my notice at that job. I <laughs> gave two-week notice, moved to another job, hated it just as bad as the first job. But in that process, my friend gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Ah. Read this book. He goes, I'm, I'm hearing you bitch and complain about your job all the time. Read this book, man. See what you think. So after – two years at a really bad job from 99 to 2001 and starting a job in LA and Koreatown, riding the subway back and forth. I was able to read rich dad, poor dad. I opened my corporation. I read the next book. I read the next book. And before you know it, I was out of that job and I had a contract business where I was working for four or five different companies, 25 hours a week making twice the money I was working, making maybe three times the money when I was working 40 hours a week. And that was kind of my shift. And it happened quick because once I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I just went for it. And I had three years, we'll just say three years of bad experience in the PT field, losing my job, not finding a job, making crap money in LA, HMO clinic. Then all of a sudden I'm at a workers comp clinic seeing 45, 50 people a day. And it was just, it was terrible. So that's kind of my story. So again, there's, there's, 
we all have different stories to get to where we are. And then from that point on, there's no way I could work for anyone else. And that was right. it. Now, this was 2001. By now, I did have a computer. I did have a cell phone. Hey, but- you're an early adopter then. Look at you. <laughs> but things are very different. So now we're in a world where online has changed so rapidly where I'm a dinosaur having to learn how to do things because I never learned these things at the beginning. So with that said, what, tell me a little bit about what you've done with these online programs over the last few years and how you help serve the physical therapy world, even though you're not a physical therapist practicing physical therapist, where's my other hand there? I can't get, (laughs) you're not a practicing physical therapist. Tell us about how you kind of created this world where you serve physical therapists and help physical therapists. Yeah. So I mentioned that, you know, about a year into PT school, I started feeling that discontent. I started learning about the online world and I had this goal of somehow creating a course. And I had no clue what that would look like. At first, I thought it was going to be a running course. So I actually, that's how I met Greg Todd was I went to CSM and uh, I went to the pre, I went to one of the like the three-day pre-courses that they had on running analysis. I went there with the intent to get comfortable with with some basics of running analysis and start to see, cool, how could I start at least putting out some content online about that? Well, I met Greg and uh, at that event. I had already listened to a little bit of his stuff, but seeing that there was someone in physical therapy running an online business who also had a family they were taking care of really resonated with me. Yeah. Cuz you got to remember that time I'm, you know, I was already married, I had two little kids and I had decided that I wanted to run a business that allowed me to have at least some semblance of control over my time, right? So I could be with my family. And through Greg's world, I met Will Boyd, which you've had on the podcast, an amazing person. He was actually my very first podcast guest and Greg was my second on on my podcast back in the day. And Will and I started going back and forth, uh, talking about the things that we are learning about running online businesses. We were both starting to learn Facebook advertising kind of separately. And we would just get on the phone and compare notes. Hey, man, I tried this out. I tried this campaign. I did this thing. Oh, we got a patient over here. And as we started nerding out about this stuff together, we realized we had a lot in common as to what we wanted in our lives, but also a lot of common interests. And so we, as as those talks progressed, we said, hey, why don't we just start a Facebook group with this stuff and just start sharing it with some of the other PTs that we know who are running businesses that could probably use this stuff. And because I had been part of Greg's world, uh, because I had taken Paul Goff's course, we were in that world a little bit and we started to, to form a, a network of, of people, right? We opened up a Facebook group. We invited a hundred of our friends to it and we started just sharing what we were learning about Facebook ads online. That ballooned into over the next four months, uh, an audience of about 500 people. And suddenly we had this little teeny tiny bit of authority around digital marketing. And I wouldn't even see it as authority. It was more like we knew a little bit about something and other people liked listening to us. That was it, right? And we didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and, and that's really the reality of it. We were two steps ahead of yep. people that, that wanted to, to get a problem solved. What we didn't realize at the time was all of that content that we were putting out, because we were putting out tons of content. I went on this daily content challenge for a month uh, in, I think it was November, this is October, November of 2017. And during that time, I kind of inadvertently created a course. 
I sat down and I mapped out, okay, let's, uh, let me see if I can help these healthcare providers understand digital marketing from start to finish, like how to create a funnel and run ads to it and all this stuff from start to finish. As I put that content out there, people started asking, hey, this is really useful, but it's all on Facebook. I can't really go back and rewatch it. Could y'all just like put this in a membership or something for us? And we're like, uh, y- yeah, okay. So Will and I made this grand plan to launch our first course. It was $99. And we launched it on Black Friday, or just, I think it was just after Black Friday, 2017. 500 people uh, in our group, 100 people bought it over the next week, and we made our first $10,000. And I was like, what? You mean you will pay for videos if they are put into an organized area? People were like, yeah, and we just want to support you guys. And really, that's what it was. Now, looking back, like the course is probably crap. But people just wanted to support us, right? That was the first time we had offered anything for paid and people just wanted to support us. And I think like one or two people probably actually went through the whole thing start to finish because it was like 60 videos, right? Uh, And then over the course of the next few months, we started learning, really learning about marketing and learning about how do we package our knowledge and package our offers. And in July of that next year, so about a year after we had started this, we launched our first true flagship course it was called ads for physical therapists and all we did was we sat down and looked at hey who are the people that were already buying from us at this hundred dollar or you know three hundred dollar price point who are they and what's the problem that they are coming to us to solve that question has been really really key to our progress over the past three years who who's the person that's really buying from us and what's the problem they're looking to solve and once we realized hey it's actually clinic owners it's not just random PT students or like there, there were some of those, that, but the majority of them were clinic owners and they were coming to us, not just for digital marketing, but they're coming to us to learn the Facebook ad side. So we said, well, why don't we just make a program that's specific to that? We'll call it ads for physical therapists. So it's really clear who it's for and what it solves. And we made our first $40,000 uh, with that first launch. And then about four months later, we did a second launch and uh, within that four-month period, we had made over $100,000. And that was when it shifted from, this is a really cool part-time hobby to, holy cow, we're running a business. Yeah. And that shift was a really intense one mentally. And it, it's what spawned what we're doing now, which is people started coming to us and saying, wait a minute, how are you doing this? How are you growing an audience? How are you packaging stuff? How are you offering stuff? How are you creating these online courses? And doing so well. And so after we hit our first six figures, the next six figures came quicker and then the next and the next and the next. And it's just turned into now uh, something way beyond what I initially thought where I'd be coaching runners online to where we're helping people who now uh, our person, the core person that we help is someone who has an offer that's already selling online and they need to be able to know how to how to scale it without necessarily scaling all of their time as the business grows. And we just started looking at hey, what are, what are the people who are following us, our clients that are having success? And we've had 13, I think we're just about to 14 of them now who have hit six figures or multi-six figures with us. What are the principles of their business online? And how can we distill that into a single path that we can walk someone through who already has a program that's already gotten all, over all the initial barriers of I'm not good enough or I don't know how to talk to people, right? Once you've made your first few sales online, how do we take that, pour gasoline on it and just explode things into becoming a true business? And that's what we're focused on now. 
I love it. I love it. And I just took y'all's challenge um, last week. Uh, yeah. It took me longer than the week to finish it, and I'm not quite finished with all of it, but it was awesome. It was a five cash flow campaign challenge, I believe it was called. Yes, sir. Um, it's interesting and because you mentioned something earlier about like putting it all into this like organized place. Like everything y'all said in that thing, I've heard. I've heard it oh, yeah. multiple times. But it's the logical sequence and the logical order that that has it made me act. And so not only did I take the course, but I started reaching out to people and now I've you know I've got my webinar set up and you know, I don't have my land, my landing page done yet. And I don't have my, I'm building my, I'm going back to my launches that I've done in the past and I'm getting my email list and I'm, I'm starting all the things that you've done and I've, that you, that y'all taught. And, and again, I realized I've learned all that at some point along the way, but I hadn't done it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was that idea of it being very organized and put in a way that we, that I could follow. But you know, now I'm at a point where I know I still need help to get it done, which is why you and I are going to be having a conversation real soon about how you can help me more, how y'all can help me more. But I really appreciate this, the way that the organicness of everything, like, I can't even remember how I found y'all. Like it wasn't anyone being pushy. You weren't pushy showing up, being like knocking on my door saying, buy my stuff. It, It was very organic. I bought that I bought that. I was probably in that second round, that $40,000 launch. That's probably where I was at. Was that like a $150 course or was it 200? Well, we, you were, I think you were in on the second round of our very first course, if I remember right, because I remember you being on the group calls that we would do through Facebook, uh, through Facebook lives. I remember seeing your name pop up and up and up. And that was probably when it was at like 300 or $500. I think I probably paid 300. I just couldn't remember. That sounds right though. But I, but I love it. I love how you've taken something again and, and created created your own life around what you want to do, not based on what insurance wants you to do, not based on what the APTA wants you to do, not based on what patients want you to do. And you really understand physical therapists. And what we don't understand as a whole, again, I opened my business without knowing a dang thing about it. I read one book and opened a business. Actually, I read about five books, uh, but they were all by Kiyosaki, same author. Yeah. I read books and I opened my stuff and I had no, I didn't have anyone like guiding me. I didn't have a mentor. And and if I could have had some of those things back then, it would have been really interesting to see what I could have built because I kind of got sucked in, even though I own my own business, I got sucked into the bullshit of insurance and following the game and playing the game. And for me, I didn't have to do anything to stay busy taking insurance. But when I stopped taking insurance and I stepped away from insurance and I said, hey, pay me $227 an hour, I needed systems. I needed yeah. marketing. I needed relationships to be made before they came in. When someone called and said, do you take my insurance? Sure, come on in. I got everything. And it wasn't always the right fit, but I had a six-week wait list to get in. Oof. And it was terrible. So I really wasn't helping people. I stopped taking insurance. I can get people in. They call me today and get them in tomorrow, sometimes even yeah. today. Um, and again, I'm, it's kind of like what I mentioned earlier. I went from 40 hours a week to 25 hours a week with my first business to make more money. Well, I went from having me and another PT full-time slammed with a six-week wait. She left. I stopped taking insurance. I went from 80 people a week with the two of us down to 25, 30 people a week with no insurance, making more money than I'd ever made. And so but I needed to understand what y'all were teaching to get to that point. So y'all were a part of helping me build at a time where I was like, what is Facebook ads? I mean, what, what do I do with that? 
So y'all have been great for so many people who, again, I was in business, but I was kind of running it just surviving and let, yeah. being told what to do. And once I stepped up and became the, the responsible for it myself, which meant I had to find people like y'all, I had to find mentors and my life completely changed from there. And I wish I'd have done it 10 years sooner instead of in 2016. But with that said, I got one more question for you. That's kind of, we're going to go a little off topic here, but it's really on topic because this is a Pilates podcast. Yeah. When we were talking earlier that you've had uh, some experience on the reformer. Tell us a little bit about your Pilates experience. Cause you said there was a story to it. So yeah, you got there, buddy. So uh, I'm married and my wife has, has gone to Pilates classes just at the right, like at a local gym for a long time. And so I had done a little bit there. I've, I've actually gone to some, some of the classes with her uh, cause I'm a supportive, loving husband or I try to be, uh, but I'm willing to make a fool of myself every now and then to show my wife that I love her. Uh, but I was actually in, this is end of my first year of PT school. I was in my very first clinical rotation. I was working in a cash-based, well, uh, transitioning to cash-based practice and they rented out of a gym and we were in the mode of marketing. Really interestingly, I was placed with, I don't know if you know Cameron Garber, if you've heard that name. I have. Okay. So Cameron was my CI. Love that guy. Uh, he's played such a pivotal role in my journey as uh, as a physical therapist and into entrepreneurship. Anyway, we were we were actively marketing, uh, and a big part of my clinical rotation was I needed to write up blog posts to market the business. And since I had had this financial blog, you know, I had said, "Hey, I've got this financial blog thing. I can put blog posts together," and I could. And and so they said, "Great, that's going to be like part of your uh, part of your internship." is you're you're actually going to create blog posts every two weeks. And so one of my blog posts was on what Pilates could do for you. And uh, because it, w- it was a strategic move. Okay. So we had someone who had a Pilates reformer in the gym yeah. and we wanted to create a connection with them so that we could pass people back and forth. And so I volunteered as tribute and I said, great, I will go to a reformer class and I'll do a write up on it and we'll talk about Pilates and, uh, and fitness and so I had a one-on-one hour-long reformer session, and it dominated me. <laughs> I, I got killed. Oh, I it. it was, it was like I was finding all these new muscles on my inner thighs that I had no clue. Like I swear I didn't learn any of those muscles in anatomy. Um, it was, it was brutal, man. Like I had a, a completely new respect for the things that my wife was doing in Pilates class, and like holy cow, I thought, like I thought. I, I've generally been in good shape. I've generally been fairly athletic my whole life. But then I got on the reformer and it was like, whoa, that's awesome. holy crap. So that was my experience. And I actually wrote up a blog post about it. And awesome. um, and, and it was a bunch of fun. So that was my, my very memorable Pilates experience when I realized how truly weak I really am. Well, I think it's great. Even in your clinical rotations, you were already going down this route yep. of, of um, entrepreneurship, uh, blogs, totally different. Like I, I would have <laughs> blog posts didn't exist when I was clinical, <laughs> clinical. Um, again. And I would have never thought about asking one of my students to, to write a blog post. Um, now me and Andy, Andy working with me, that's a part of something we both do every week is blogs for our business. So like, yeah, we, we definitely do that now, but I would have never thought about that. Or, and if someone would have asked me that as, as a student, I would have been like, you know, in modern times, I'm like, 
whoa, that's weird. But I love it. So again, you were already getting kind of pushed into that in a different way back then. So fantastic story, man. Well, look, Alex, I got to get out of here, man. What I want to ask now, last question, I promise. How can people get in touch with you? What's is it? Is it what's the Facebook group that they should be looking for? Um, how, how can people learn from you? I know you got a ton of content out there that's free um, for people to kind of get to know you. So, so where are some places that people could find your information and reach out to you if need be? Yeah, man. So I think the best place we're really active on Facebook and we do have a Facebook group. It's actually a new Facebook group. Um, if people have been following us for a while, they know we had one that was called um, Healthcare Digital Marketing. And as we've expanded outside of the healthcare realm and are now helping people who are online, we have a lot of healthcare providers still, but specifically helping people who are focused on their online side of their businesses. Uh, we have a group called Clients at Scale. And that's the one where we just held our, our free five-day challenge that you were in. We actually just changed the name two days ago. So if you search, that, I remember that name. <laughs> you're like, yeah, we, it was called cash flow campaigns. And then we realized a really key lesson in marketing is you need to market the end result that people want. Don't market your process to get people there, right? And so we looked at, wait a minute, what is the end result that people want? And in our world, people want more clients. They want to be able to have them at scale. So clients at scale is our Facebook group. You can join it and uh, and get in touch with us there. We do live trainings in there. We have expert interviews. We do ridiculously valuable stuff in there every week. And that's probably the best place to check us out. If you wanted to check out our website, which... Heck, we don't update our website nearly as much as we should. We're, we're all about imperfect action. And as we're making really fast changes in our business, the website lags behind probably six months. Uh, healthyfunnel.com is our website, and you can find what we're doing there. But it's, it's not updated right now. So if you go there, you'll see some stuff that we were working on about six months ago. Uh, but that will be updated shortly with, with all the new hotness that we've got for people. Well, I just want to say thanks for the challenge that, that again, from last week, um, because I've done a lot of work and a lot of things that, again, y'all went through, I've done bits and pieces of it, but I, I fell off the wagon with doing it with trying to keep up with all the stuff I'm trying to keep up with. Yeah, and, totally. And again, what just from what y'all put together, those those sheets, it, it's got me going. It's got me uh, thinking about new online options. I just sold a, a big package uh, last week. Um, someone yeah. I've been working for years. I, I mean, I'm sorry, for a year roughly. Um, but it was a new course that I created because I was listening to my audience that they wanted something different that I, that I originally had made. So my original course that I made, I got some people to sign up, but then I realized it was such a niche that it was too small. And then as I kind of changed as, and really COVID kind of opened our eyes to change what we were offering because we weren't having people coming into our studio, but we started offering things digitally and things shifted and changed with that on the fly. But with that said, I'm really appreciative for everything that, that y'all are doing, you and Will and your business. And, and I look forward to uh, setting up a call with you uh, real soon so we can dive in deeper. Um, but man, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on. And uh, I'm happy to wait a week uh, from last week to this week. It was awesome, man. And so with that said, again, thank you um, for coming on, Alex. Thank you for everything you do to help the uh, physical therapy profession move forward. And if you are listening and you want to learn from someone who's done it and is teaching others to do it, uh, this is the guy reach out and get on, get on a call with this man and get, get going. So thank it's Thanks you again, man. And we'll do this again because I have a feeling I'll have some more questions later. Sounds good, brother. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, buddy. Take care. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks for watching. And y'all have a fantastic day, everyone. Bye now. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, 
Could you do us a favor and leave some love and write us a review? My name is Stephen Dunn. I help physical therapists incorporate Pilates into their physical therapy practice. If you would like more information on how you can incorporate Pilates into your physical therapy practice, then like my Facebook page, Pilates for PTs.